Okay, this is the Immigrant Hustle Podcast. I am your host, B-Magic. I got my brother, Noise, with me. And this week, our guest is Jay Static. For those of you that don't know, he is an engineer, producer, DJ, podcast host, and business owner. Yeah, we talk about getting into DJing, how he learned from his brother at first. And we talk about growing up in the small town of Acton. Yo, man, that's some funny racist stories. <laughs> <laughs> he had to do battle with the KKK. Yo, legendary man. story. JJ holds it down. We also talk about um, him going to school for music because he is actually trained in this properly yes. and not just self-trained. <laughs> uh, we also talk about his, he's one of the most well-known dudes in the Punjabi music industry right now as an engineer and as a producer. So we talk a little bit about the business side of the Punjabi music industry. Yeah, man. He has a ha- his hands on a lot of things in the Punjabi mu- music industry. We also talk about him starting his own business as in his DJ company, which he runs with the likes of DJ KSR. Yeah, Frequency Entertainment. So we talk about the rise of that and how they've been able to kind of take over the wedding market here in Toronto and beyond. They're killing it. Also, we talk about a possible Zoo Babies reunion. What? Who would have ever thought those words would come out of my mind? Nah, but are you, it's are you true. serious? We're going to have to see. That's why you got to listen to this podcast. This okay. is episode eight with none other than Jay Static. This is the Immigrant Hustle podcast. Let's go. Okay, this is the Immigrant Hustle Podcast. I am your host, B-Magic. To the right of me, I got my boy. Noise. And we got a very special guest. Introduce yourself. My name is JJ. Jay Static, if you don't know. Hey, hey, the biggest man in the game right now. (laughs) I don't know about that, but I'm down, I'm down. I appreciate it. (laughs) So if you don't, uh, for the people that do not know who Jay Static is, you're obviously an idiot, but... If you do not know, we'll we'll clarify it for you. Uh, Jay Static is a music engineer, producer. He is everything behind the scenes of music, the Punjabi music industry, and a lot of music that comes out of the city of Toronto. And he is also our good friend and a friend of the show. Hell yeah. So, um, Noise, what do you want to start off with? Our friend Jay Static in the building. Yeah, right Jay Static's like a worldwide traveler, man. You're a hard guy to get a hold of. That's on so a regular we're, basis. we're glad to have you here. <laughs> the hardest man we had to schedule for no. Yeah. Honestly. Yo, I, how I, fast I, was the response? Yo, yo, <laughs> I got a voice note in like ten minutes, so that was pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. So like where have you where have you traveled to recently? I was um quick just brag. quick in, brag. I was just in LA and Vegas <laughs> oh, literally last week. Okay. And um, shooting a video out there, finished that. And then uh, actually my old partner in crime, Juggy Donjil, you guys know Juggy, the firm. Shout out to the firm. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah. We uh, decided just to hit up Vegas and chill for a bit for a day. Yo, shout out to Juggy Donjil, man. Yeah. Really good fella. Good heart. Mm-hmm. All right. So speaking of travel, as we like to do with this show, we like to go into family histories a little bit. Yep. Um, so can, can you share a little bit about where your family's from and like what kind what era you guys first came to Canada? Uh, my family's from random ass places. So I know a lot of people are probably straight from Punjab coming here and doing their thing. My family's actually like six, seven generations outside of India. So my parents were born in, my dad was born in Malaysia. My mom was born in Singapore. Okay. My, then they moved to England. I was born in England and then me and my brothers were all born in England. Then we moved to 
Toronto. Wow. So that was in 88. We moved to Toronto. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so we have a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so the food is bomb at your house. Hell yeah, brother. Rice, fish, we make some fucked yeah. up shit. It's like how did your parents get to the to the far east? Like how how far back does that go? Um so my was the funny thing is my so my dad's side it's only my great grandfather I think it was. He was in the army in Singapore, I believe. Mm. I might get rocked for this. But um <laughs> When it was my mom's side, my mom's side is all the way up to like her great grandfather was in Singapore. Okay. Yeah. So they, I mean, they've always been in India at some level, but then they, everyone constantly gets part of the police or the army and they end up going back to Malaysia or Singapore. Yeah. And that's it. And then they build a community there. My, my nanny sister, still my nanny, she lives out there. Mm-hmm. Like my Masiya, I have people out there. Like we just we have family constantly out there. No, I know that, that there's a quite like a, influx of south asians in those yeah. like east asian countries big time yeah i think even even father's born in thailand i think yeah that's yeah. right so like there i mean we're everywhere man you, there's no way you're not gonna find us yeah. i can, my goal actually when i travel my biggest thing is wherever i go i try to find an indian restaurant or a gurdwara one of the two yeah. just to see what's up i just want to see where the community is yeah like as, if it's there it's there if it's not like in Madrid, I found one in Madrid, a Gurdwara in Madrid. Mm. And I was like, all right, cool. Let me go check this out. Went to go check it out. It's a bunch of white people. And now <laughs> I was confused as fuck. Uh. But the um, the Ganti that was there, he just started talking to me. He's like, where are you guys from? Where are you guys going? I just, and he was just happy to have any colored face yeah. in that place. That's crazy. Actually, cool. when I went, the only time I've been to Spain, I went to Barcelona. Yeah. And all the dudes that were sell- selling beers like after hours yeah. on like the main strip, which is La Rambla, yeah. were all Punjabis. And like, yo, I say, yo, I went with my brother and my cousin for a Euro <laughs> trip, and we ended up fucking making friends with these guys. They're like, yeah. okay, the parent, this, that, from, we're from Noma, share this, that. That's so That sick. was it. It was over. These guys took us back to the stash where they kept all their <laughs> beers, and we ended up juicing with these. Yo, it was the funniest fucking shit. But. Yo. I, I always try to find Punjabis wherever I 100%, go. 100%. Well, Dope story, too. My dad, so he was in Portugal. This was like 79 or 80 or yeah. something. And he's like, yo, the movie Sholle, when that first came out, he's like, yo, I watched it in a theater in Portugal. Classic. When it what? came out. That's yeah. crazy. So there was a Punjabi community growing in Portugal as early yeah, as like cool. late 70s, early fuck. 80s. Come on, man. That's cool as fuck. Yo, we out here, man. We're everywhere. Yeah. That's so nice to hear. Yeah. Such a nice feeling. That, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Those motherfuckers should have stayed in Portugal. <laughs> <man>. Swear <laughs> to God. Yeah, so like moving from UK to Canada, do you have any memories of England or were you no, too not, young? I'm not, like, I have like vague ass memories and like VHS memories. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have those how, memories. How did your parents go from uh, like East Asia to, so they to moved, UK? My grandfather retired and then he's like... Mm, there was some opportunity or something in England. Yeah. So he headed over there, took my dad. Oh, actually, they went back to India. Then they moved to England. Yeah. My mom and her mom and dad, they moved straight from Singapore to England. And then when they were out there, they had whatever their opportunities to do, whatever they did. And then my dad built a career out there. And then he's like, um, he's just like, yo, honestly, I don't like the way England's going. I'm going to move out to Toronto. So... He saw like a downward spiral. People were just getting fucked up. Mm-hmm. Things were just all over the place. Yeah. He's like, we need to leave this place. So he dipped, came to Toronto. Oh, and then, oh, oh. Yeah. whereabouts in England? Because I know South you're proud of, you're proud of it. Only South <laughs> To all the UK listeners. Yeah. 
Okay, so whereabouts so, is that in England? West Br- London. West London. Hundred percent. <laughs> proud of Southall. Come on, I'm oh, not proud man. of where it's uh, when we where did it our, is when right we now. Did our, <laughs> when we did our England trip, this motherfucker said that like every second word. He's like, <laughs> so, I'm from here. Hundred percent. Come on. Oh, yeah, you I'm guys, proud. No, it's a sense of yeah. pride. It's like no, this get man it. right here, Huddersfield. <laughs> He's not even born there. This guy reps Huddersfield as if he was. My family is. I'm about it. Yeah. What was that like? Because I know when you. Did Guggy when you did your show in England? Oh, JJ was yeah, there with you. Know, you. Don't worry, we'll get into Crazy. this Gondapa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Gondapa with this guy, man. That yeah. was fucked up. Okay, so your family came to Toronto area. Where did you guys first settle? <clears throat> so my parents came here on some sort of point system because my dad was doing generally well as a self-employed person out there. Yeah. So he came on a point system, and then we had my chacha who lived here. So we stayed with them for, I don't know how many months. I don't even know. Six months. I'm just going to throw a number Was out there. Was that the only family in Canada at that, that time? That we had, yeah. Okay. And uh, Well, we probably had other people, but not like direct. Yeah. And then we decided from there to... Uh, my dad was given some opportunities to, like truck. He didn't realize how big Canada was I don't think because he's like fuck me it takes like two weeks to get <laughs> drop a load to come back <laughs> no, fuck this it's not like England yeah. three hours yeah. back and forth so he's like fuck that and he stopped that and then uh, he decided to he was giving an opportunity actually funny enough I'm in the wedding industry obviously yeah. um, we were given an opportunity to buy Woodbine Banquet Hall wow. and my dad's like if I'd known you your ass was gonna be in friggin' weddings. Uh, I would have bought the bank. Yeah, you, <laughs> you guys would have been yeah. millionaires, Crazy. billionaires. <laughs> and then we moved to after that, got an opportunity to open up a gas station in Acton, which is in Halton Hills. For mm. those who don't know, KKK Central. Yeah, and, yeah uh, what was it's on the outskirts of yeah. like you know everything, everything. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what was that like? Like, what era are we talking about? Uh, that was like literally from what I remember. We moved to Brampton for six months. Until we got that spot, and There's so there was a little like Brampton man and JJ. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. It was a, it was a Conestoga Road and Beauvaird. Oh, that's okay, that's the hood. Okay. Yeah, that's it. So you're a Heart Lake man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, then he got the opportunity to go to Acton to do his whatever gas station stuff. We did that. I think that was like '89 ish, mm. and um, my bad. And then '89 to '98. We were in Acton. Wow, yeah. that's wild. Probably ninety no or eighty-nine out there. Not a single yeah, one. Probably not. No, people of color only my chacha. My chacha ended up moving out there too. <laughs> yeah. So it was us, my chacha's family, and then there was like, there was another family too, but we like I didn't really. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. What, like, do, have, have your parents ever told you about like what the racial climate was like? It was back fucked. Then? I remember the racial yeah? climate. Yeah, like we had a full-out normal-ass gas station. Everything was great. Running, 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 and then uh, one day I saw my dad got bars put up in the gas station. I'm just sitting there like, what the hell? We have these black bars? Why do we have black bars? Yeah. And uh, I found out afterwards that there was guys who came down and they were throwing shit at the gas station. They're calling my brother's names or calling my dad's yeah. names, whatever it is, same shit. And um, even throughout the years, for beyond the gas station, um, there was even my brother. Like, I'm personally, I had like a kind of all right group of friends i dealt with some shit like the stereotypical racism normal like what the fuck's yeah. on your head blah 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 yeah. that stuff but when it came when it comes to my brothers they actually had guys in high school because i never went to high school out there they had guys in high school 
that they knew firsthand who joined the neo-Nazi clan to KKK to whatever. And I'm sitting there like, how the fuck does that <laughs> happen fuck? in high school? How do you know someone who joined joins a clan? Yeah. Like, where the fuck do you join the clan? I want to see this newsletter paper fucking thing that we joined the clan. Yeah. The hell is it? So he had to deal with that kind of stuff. And then I remember vividly this one thing. And this is like the, to me, this was like the, I never ever experienced anything before that or after that like this. And it was my brother, me, and my middle brother. We all went to McDonald's or some shit. Went to go grab some food. Grab food, driving back. And my brother spots this one golf. Like one like Volkswagen golf. I think it was a like Volkswagen golf. And it had that neo-Nazi guy in it. And it had another guy in it. And those guys, basically, as we were driving by, gave my brother the finger or something. Yeah. And my brother, my brother has a fucking serious issue. Like, he'll knock you the fuck out. <laughs> so he's like, fuck it. I'm chasing this motherfucker. So he starts racing after this guy. That guy starts racing. And we're going down Halton Hills. Like, it's complete yeah, yeah, goddamn hills. Not the, not the yeah. simplest road. Nah. So then, like, I remember chasing them, chasing them, chasing them. And then they dipped and we dipped back home. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's okay. Let's do it. And all I remember is my brother turning around going, do not tell mom and dad a word of this. I'm like, I got you. That was my end. So, so it wasn't <laughs> like, yo, put your head down if anybody fucks with you. No, no, no. And that was, where do you think that was instilled within you from family, from your parents? Like, uh, no, I mean, my parents, like, honestly, I feel like my family's more so, a whole entire family, I feel like we're more so passive aggressive type yeah. people. We're not really, like, in your face, I'll beat the shit out of you. Yeah. But my eldest brother has something. Like, he, <laughs> if he sees it, he'll, yeah, he'll All fuck right. you up. That's crazy. So, what are your like okay your early years were spent there then in mm. in Acton. Acton. Yeah. That's crazy. I was exposed to music wise if we were going into that. I was exposed to like my favorite groups back then were No Effects Offspring to uh, <laughs> uh Pennywise okay to Nirvana to yes. like Metallica to uh Rugged Death to like I was like there's a whole shit ton of like ska to rock to punk bands that I was listening to and Wu-Tang. For yeah. whatever reason, Wu-Tang was in the mix. <laughs> Wu-Tang was the only one that Wu-Tang was in the mix. And um, that, that was like, that was me growing up then. Oh, and uh, what's the other band name? No Green Day though? Green Day? Uh, Corn. Corn. Corn was huge. Man. Slipknot. Yeah, no, no. Slipknot. <laughs> that's not. too hardcore for you. <laughs> no, that's too too much later. Uh, that's yeah, what I'm talking about. Yeah, Early days. That's true. Yeah. Slipknot yeah. looked up to Corn, guaranteed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. JJ was out here with like the wide leg jeans. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. I had the straight cut jeans, massive with the chain. Chain oh, in the wall. percent, bro. Oh, okay. Come on. Rate it. <laughs> <laughs> this is like in Mississauga you were like that or in Acton? In Acton. Okay. In Mississauga, I when was... When did you uh, move to Mississauga? Then? 98. 98. 98. So what, like, like in your life, what age? Grade 8, uh, 15 years old, I think. Okay, so right before you're about to go into high school. That's it. I spent like six months, second semester in Saga for, uh, for grade 8. Grade 8. So what was that like? Most fucked up change I've ever yeah. seen in my life. Yeah. So like, describe like that for you. Like, what was it? Day before, I'm in a classroom with all white people. Yeah. Like literally all white kids, not a single color, yeah. nothing. Not even, their eyes are the only different colors. Yeah. Going into, um, <laughs> coming into grade eight, I Hazel McCallion. I walk in, I see two white kids, and I see black and brown, just fucking all across. My natural react, my natural 
instinct is to go talk to the white people. Like, it's so weird. <laughs> like, I'm, that's what I'm comfortable with. Brown people, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to say to you. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I got to backtrack. Beyond all the rock and Pennywise, there was always every Sunday going to Kennedy Road, picking up CDs and tapes of Punjabi Bhangra remixes. Always. Number okay. one. And, uh, and where did that influence come from? Your brothers or your parents? My dad. Okay. Yeah. My dad and what was, was your heavy. dad into? My dad was into folk, Punjabi, and, and Bollywood like albums. Who and stuff. were his go tos? He was like a Muhammad Sadiq okay. to like Monik to like the cla- like Gurdas Man, like the classical yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, the one that everybody yeah. was on. Yeah. He wasn't really the Bindarakia phase because that was later. Yeah, yeah. He was like the early old school early, guys. Early, yeah, yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah, so that like you, your earliest memories are hearing things like this yeah. in the house. Yeah. That's Especially sick. what from what I remember, I remember hearing UK Pangara. That's what I remember hearing the most. Like I'm talking like Aprasangits to yeah. to Alaps to all that stuff because that's what I remember my brothers would listen to and then my dad was like, "Yeah, this is cool. I'm down." And my dad grew up a, in England. He had a lot of boys. Like him and his boys used to listen to that shit. Yeah. Like they used to listen to old stuff, but the new stuff too. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you're moving to Mississauga right before high school. Yeah. What was it like? Well, you already explained what it was total culture shock. Bad. Right? But, like, what was, like, your personal life like at this point? Like, you had, you, you were the youngest out of your yeah. brothers. Yeah. So, like, were they a big influence on the way you were, like, obviously, the older you get, the more, like, I have yeah. two, two yeah. older brothers yeah. just like you. Yeah. And I pretty much just followed whatever their interests were. 100%. And then the older you get, the more you just separate into yeah. your own lane, right? 100%. But was it the same way for 100%, you? 100%, same thing. Same thing. We used to, like, all my brothers were always into hip-hop too. Yeah. So they would always listen to hip-hop, but it's it's different. Like, the amount you would listen to because of your social surroundings, like, you wouldn't listen to it as much. Oh, I wouldn't listen to it as much because the guys I grew up around or, like, the kids in the circle I had, they were listening to all punk. So, I, like, I would hear hip-hop. I love it. Yeah. But then when I go to school, I got a CD with fucking, you know, Offspring or, like, Nirvana <laughs> yeah. or something. Because that's what everyone else... Yeah. Blink-182 <laughs> was at the end of the year. Yeah. But, yeah. Bro, I'm older than that, motherfucker. <laughs> um, Depeche Mode, motherfucker? Yeah, that's, that's a little bit earlier than me, right? That's a little bit earlier than me. <laughs> Sting, motherfucker, what do you want? <laughs> Phil Collins? <laughs> but then when I was in, in high school, growing up in high school, is when I started listening to like way more hip-hop. Like just hip-hop took over my life. Nah. Like all we were listening to was hip-hop and Bangra remixes. Because Bangra had like this weird upcoming thing too. Yeah. And so like we were just, it was always there. Hip-hop and that was always there. Like rock was out the window. There was no rock. There was no rock, Pennywise, nothing. There was nothing. Man. That's but sad. I still go back. I have it on my, I have it on my Spotify list. Shout out, you fucking! Your, you got your little playlist. hundred percent, man. It's got some crazy, like nostalgic ass shit in there. <laughs> Yo, please share that with me after this I got podcast. You, buddy. I got you. <laughs> JJ, you kind of got into like music being in the household and early influences in your life. When did music become a thing that you wanted to try? Like, where did that idea even spark in your head? I know the exact moment. Please do share. Um, so I was, uh, I was either this part. I'm, I don't know the exact year, but I know the moment. Yeah. And the moment was, uh, my brother was in university. He was coming back for summer school or summer holidays or whatever, 
and I don't know what year that was, but he brought home turntables and he had 1200s and he had a, and a like whatever random ass mixer. Okay. And he had a crate of vinyl. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? And he's like, uh, and he's like, it's records and vinyl. Me and my friends, we just DJ randomly in, in the house. Oh, what? And I'm like, you do that? And he's like, yeah. He's like, it's sick. I'm like, all right, cool. So he pulls out a, I'm pretty sure he didn't say sick. He pulls out <laughs> a, a vinyl and he puts it on and he shows me like, okay, so you play, press play and you do this. And then the second one goes on and you try to beat match it. So you listen to in these headphones and you listen to the live source over there. And I'm just like, okay. So I tried doing it. Obviously it's fucked. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then he goes away cause he had co-op and work. So I'd go downstairs and I just tried doing it myself. And he would always be able to tell because I don't know how to put the needle on properly. Yeah, as he scratched so the scratch, shit out of his yeah, records. I'd scratch some parts of it. Or the needle would be just fucked. And he's like, yo, what the fuck? Did you use this? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, fine. He goes, let's do it again. Just do it properly. Uh, and then he shows me again, shows me again. Then my hands get lighter and lighter and lighter. And things start working. And then I started DJing. In grade nine, I was already DJing like house parties. And Hold on, just for these dumbass kids. Yeah. No, th we didn't start with Serato out here, all right? Or CDs. I'm talking vinyl, <laughs> motherfucker. I got shit on vinyl. Jay That's Static. older than you were born. Oh, <laughs> talk to your shit right now, JJ. No, no, no. I'm down. You, but you know the thing is, you can't hate on. A lot of people do this hating thing where they yeah. hate on, like, oh, you don't know shit about vinyl. But straight up, if that guy can DJ better than I can, it doesn't matter what the fuck he knows. He's obviously learning something. I'm pretty sure I can give him any medium. He gets the concept. Oh, yeah. Then it, there's it the... made it easier. 100%. Right? Which Yo, is nobody's going to understand. Nobody's going to understand you asking 10 guys to come with you to a club and holding <laughs> crates. And all 10 guys just want to get in free. Uh, and they all get in free. And everyone's holding a crate and putting it up there. And then we're going through vinyl and just sorting out everything. There's no preparing lists. You're preparing vinyl. And Back in the day, I would have been a crate guy, 100%. Yo, I, had 100%. Guys, I swear to, I'm swearing my life, I had guys begging to be crate guys. Because they're like, <laughs> yo, get us in the fucking place. Get us in. Can you make another crate? All right, cool. Find another milk crate. Put records in it. Here, hold this. Let's go. It was kind of cool. I like that. So that like was university that. days. University yeah. days. High school days was uh, a few house parties here and there. So, so your first idea in music was I'm gonna be the DJ because yeah. that was the first thing you were yeah. like pretty much shown. Yeah, I didn't even think about making beats. Yeah, so just but, just to backtrack a little bit, how did your brother get into DJing? His friends, one of his friends was a he's he was so he grew up with obviously rock and all that shit too, mm -hmm. but he also started listening to uh, big DJs like Paul Van Dyke, Paul Oakenfold, Carl Cox, those guys. So as he was watching them, you're watching a DJ. Yeah. So you're obviously watching what they're doing. And he's like, well, I want to try doing that. I want to see. That looks so sick. So he would start DJing. Like he bought, him and his friends bought turntables together. They did their thing. And they started, they started buying a couple of vinyl. And seeing like, yo, we can do our own house parties and just kind of make it happen. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like they did anything crazy or made money off it. They just literally did it for fun. Yeah. And uh, that's how he got into it. So I got into it through him pretty yeah. much. That's dope. Kind of cool, man. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like. I, I would say I probably wouldn't be in the music industry or in music if it wasn't for my brother. That's an awe moment, right? That's heavy. <laughs> that's heavy. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Um, so like, you get the itch for it, right? You're yep. seeing it through your brother. He's he's kind of opened this new world to you, essentially. Yeah. What is it that like? puts you to another level where you're like, yo, I'm going to be, I, I want to be so good at this. Like, 
Uh, did you start doing your homework? Like, no, how did you get good at it? Fuck, I think I suck. I think I sucked at it for. I think I sucked at it all up until like three years ago. <laughs> I swear to God. But, but um, you don't show it. You can't. What are you? you, you say, Yo, I suck. <laughs> now let's make a song. Don't hire me. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um, no, like as I was doing it, like I would make a remix, and you know you suck when you make a remix. And you're like, yo, can you listen to this for me? Yo, can you listen to it for me? Can you listen? Tell me what you think. Just let me know what you think. I'm, I'm curious. And you're showing off like as if you're trying to show off that you're good, but really all you need is validation. You're like, please validate the fact yeah. that it's somewhat good. And sometimes it was, and sometimes it wasn't. I remember vividly hearing from one of my buddies was like, I think you should stick to doing handy remixes, not for that <laughs> And I'm like. Well, that's the last. I just did it because it was a fucking JJ, song. JJ, the fucking Hindi remix god out here. Yo, I swear every South Asian artist has heard that in some form or another. Like, yeah, you should just do Bhangra music or like just do <laughs> yeah. music or something. Like even me, I rap the farthest thing from hundred like, percent music. But people have even said to me, like, dude, you need to do Bhangra music. I said, like, are you for real? Like, I don't. Doctor Zeus nah, featuring noise. Let's go. Don't get me wrong. Like, I could see you on songs like Sidhu Musiala's Just Listen yeah. or like shit like that. I could hear him on that because he would be ripping bars like left, right, and center. But at the end of the day, I don't feel like I would take you as as um, as you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you, you, everyone knows you as you. Noise. Yeah, yeah. The God. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the God MC. Yeah. And your references like cannabis and fucking Wu-Tang and everything. Like, you can't bring that to... Can't bring that to job <laughs> hell yeah um okay yeah. so we've gotten into you you don't even know if you're good yeah. you're sent what so what you're sending out like mixes and remixes to thing so me and ksr even like we were, went to high school together and um he he had like his own group of friends i had my own group of friends yeah so he would make remixes and he was killing it like, he had, like, fucking CDs out, all this stuff. And I'm like... Shout out to KSR. Shout out to KSR. Yeah, yeah. That guy, hardest fucking worker. Um, he was making mixes and just fucking sending them out. And, like, I'm like, how the fuck does this guy have CDs going to, like, Calgary, L.A., blah, blah. I'm like, I can't get my CD to, like, you. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I just started doing it. And then, like, we, we had, like, three or four people who started doing remixes. And there was one of my boys who in one of his multimedia classes goes, yo, you know how you guys make remixes and you can't find like the right drum patterns and shit? He goes, I found this program called Fruity Loops. So you you open it up and you can literally take your sample of what you want to use and then throw in your own drum patterns. Shout out and to you, Fruity Loops. Straight up. <laughs> and he goes, you can throw that and export it and put it into your remix. And I'm like, hold on. So I could take a sample, put my own drums on top and put that into my own remix? And he's like, yeah. All right, cool. I tried to use Fruity Loops. I'm like, fuck this program. <laughs> I went to Acid, which is a whole other program. And I started finding loops. And I would chop up loops and I would throw them in there. And I'd start making my own patterns out of those loops. Mm -hmm. And then we started making like produced remixes. And then from there, my brother bought like a Roland 303, which is like a... Um, the beat machine. Keyboard kind or? of the beat machine. It's yeah. more so like an Acid synthesizer. It's mm -hmm. weird. Um, so he bought one of those and like, yo, check this out. And all it did was make like a noise. Like that's all it did. The whole, every time you made a new beat, it sounded the exact same. And, um, from that point I was like, okay, fuck this. I'm going to try to figure out if I can get a hold of a reason, which is another program. Got a hold of that. And then production just kind of, I started and I didn't know shit about it. Not at all. 
no beats were good. <laughs> Zero beats were good. <laughs> so what can can you kind of walk us through that process? Like you're, you know, you're you started production as a way to add to your DJing. Yeah. How do you transition to now actually making your own beats rather than just making beats to service a remix? Because we had um, in in high school into university, we had like a couple of boys. You guys both picked up your Barney at the same time. So weird. <laughs> it was literally perfect timing. It's the motherfucking Matrix, yeah. bro. Yo, we're in sync, man. Hive <laughs> um, mind out here. <laughs> yeah, well, so uh, a couple of my boys used to rap and do stuff. So I was like... Oh, no, actually, hold on. Yeah, so a couple of boys used to rap and make stuff, so I used to make beats for them. Just fucking make a beat, throw it out, make a beat, throw it out, whatever. If they do it, they do it. They don't, they don't. And then I met someone in, like, first, second year university through MCJD. I met uh, some guy named Nuflo. And JD's like, yo, this guy's going to do a song for me. I need you to record it because I know you have, like, a recording setup a little bit at home. And I did. I had, like, a mattress and some other shit. Yeah. And then... Um, He's like, I'm going to bring this guy over. I'm like, all right, cool. So he brings over Nuflo. Nuflo's from England. does like a lot of dubstep, early age dubstep. And he's like, he's before Sook Knight. So like, okay. he's a little bit earlier than that. And so he comes over and then he was the first guy who taught me like compression, EQing, how to make a beat, how to organize it. And he heard some of my beats from before. He's like, your melodies are sick. He goes, you just need help with like A, B, and C. I'm like, all right, cool. So he would teach me things, do this and that. We drank like three crown bottles. <laughs> and at the end of it, he dipped. And I'm sitting there and I listened to what I did the next day. And it was fucking crazy. Yeah. Like it's just little things that you would never pick up on that you don't even know exist or why they exist. And he was from the UK? UK. He's from uh, East London. Punjabi kid? Punjabi kid. Yeah. Super talented. So we, we've had some technical difficulties. <laughs> I've tried to tell the story twice, but we've had to discard the audio. But basically... In like 2005 <laughs> or something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell a very short version of it just to get it in there. Uh, but in 2005, someone tried to pass me a mixtape. <laughs> I looked at it. I'm like, I don't want this shit. And I just left it. <laughs> and it turned out to be the very first mixtape by our, our guest today, Jay Static. I apologize for that, man. <laughs> what, what was it titled? Who is Jay Static? Who who was Jay Static at that point? That Did was my question. Know? Was a fucking nobody. Because before that, he was a lot of DJs. So DJ you had some fucking DJ nerve man. naming your first. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. You know what it was? It was who was Mike Jones? Yeah, oh. who was oh. Mike that, Jones. Yeah. Like, come on, yeah, like yeah. you got to like it was it was the shit. He was the shit back then, so it made sense. But the thing is, it's still timeless. Like I have people who randomly message and ask me about. Um, the mixtape. Like, random, yo, I found this mixtape. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, random people that are like, yo, that mixtape was so fire. And I'm like, well, I'm down. I remember I I, um, I I met up with some, like, old friends from Mac. Like, yeah. I don't know if you know. You know Molly? No, I don't think and so. So Molly was my like, homeboy. He was my roommate. Yeah. And Hi, we had a... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Last one. <laughs> we, had a, we had a house party for that. Uh, for that mixtape. So we had a house tape release party. And um, I remember at that party, Molly was like, yo, you ain't got to do shit. I'm going to release, I'm going to fucking hand out every CD. I'm going to make sure everyone's got it in their hands. I'm going to be yeah. the biggest promoter. I'm like, Molly's like six foot seven. So if he's fucking doing it, yeah. everyone's going to take a CD from him. And like Harmon and Bubu and those guys, they came down. They made me like 30, 40, 50 shirts. I said, who is Jay Static? If oh, you know, dope. you know. Like, it was sick. <laughs> if you know, like, you know. No. And they brought like a whole bunch of um, 
T-shirts down. We handed those out. We did a whole bunch of shit. And then after that, we were going to the club. Yeah. And we went to the club. And I took seven, eight guys with me with mad crates. And we rolled up to the club and got in free, obviously. My boys got in free. I was was this Hass Village? This was 77. Shout out 77. Okay. Club, bro. 77 is God status. And um, went there, threw down a set, fucking killed it. Yeah. I'm gonna tell. Remember, remember when I was the MC for your 77 club night for Frequency? Was I DJing? I don't know. I don't, know. Think, I was there. I don't think you were there. I it was KSR, there. Yeah, but yeah, I got yeah. kicked out, and I was. <laughs> <laughs> You got kicked out of I, MC. I, your I, yo, I was oh. on the flyer as the MC, and I got kicked out <laughs> that night. You had to be doing some belligerent shit. Yo, honestly, it was some bullshit. I didn't deserve to get kicked out, but I you know, it magic. is what it is, man. Young magic, it is what it is. Cause. But <laughs> 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 well, I guess like as a DJ, so you you talked about you know you're DJing more as you're in university. Like, can you talk a little bit about just the psychology of DJing? Like, you're reading the room, and you have to play the next jam that's going to keep them. I love that you brought that how do you How do you develop that? So, my... I've seen some guys who suck at DJing, and I ain't going to mention no names. Yeah, just mention... Just I can't. put it up. Because they're still homeboys at the end of the day. Okay, just, so just give their addresses. <laughs> <laughs> So they're like they're homeboys. Yeah. Trust yeah. me, when I need to talk shit, I'll talk shit. I ain't got no. So you have homeboys who you think are shit. People, people that have friends <laughs> that I know. I don't know, man. You kind of dug good, yourself a hole there. Who are not that good, and but one thing we've I've always recognized is that who's it doesn't matter if you're technically good because at the end of the day, I'm looking on that floor, and if the floor is vibing, you can suck. So nah. you're always playing the right fucking songs. I'm gravy. Yeah, in, in regard, and I don't mean to cut you off, but in regards to that, I've been in a club where, like, to like a music a person that really loves music, when a DJ like cuts it and it's like a harsh cut, like I've been in a club and you're like, "Yo, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's yeah. doing," and you've said that to me, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. I tend to do that sometimes too, right? And I'm like, "Oh, that was a horrible transition." Yeah. But to the average listener, as long as that next tune is a banger, yeah. they won't even fucking understand that you just made that transition. To, because they don't get it. To them, all they know is song, song. It's a song. They went together. It's good. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, they don't understand bars, beats, structures. They don't understand nothing. Tempo. Yeah. Guys come up to me all the time. Yo, I'm at fucking... I'm playing like a dirty south set. Yo, can you play Avicii? Like, <laughs> how... Well, you know what? Those songs might actually go because they're... Nowadays, random speeds, but you technically cannot do that because different speed songs should not go together. All that stuff people don't know. So like, it's in the in the in terms of DJ psychology. I don't even think the fucking DJs knew what they were doing. To tell you the truth, no. I just think they knew all the bangers, so they played all the bangers. It is what it is. Let them do it. But reading a crowd, like I tell every client that comes in as a wedding client i'm like look listen what you want and i get what you want i like you know like you came in and you're like yo i want a lot of old school fucking hip-hop and i said to yo, you yo i said just put on the outcast discography yeah. <laughs> and let's get it rocking but you also understood when i told you that i'm down yeah but i gotta play 
you know, Bangla first. I gotta play happy songs first. Of I gotta course, play these songs first. I gotta course. do this first. You and understand the, day, the crowd a lot more than me. Yeah, I understand what you want, but what you want doesn't isn't gonna come out until you're fucking half smashed. So <laughs> once you're half smashed, salute you know, to you for knowing that. I know it. Same with <laughs> noise. I know. I know what noise wants. Noise doesn't want to fucking listen Except to he's Ajit sober Dinesh. the whole fucking time, so he's judging you twice as hard. But it's not like he's sitting there going, I want to listen to Ajit then Kushi on that. He's not <laughs> sitting like, yo, that's my jam. Yo, how do you know? I, I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know. That's the first thing noise fucking... <laughs> I feel like I can still, even though I can't, I feel like I can still remember Noise's face on the first song. And I saw he's like... Let's just get through this bullshit. (laughs) Just wait till he gets to hip hop, (laughs) and then when he hears hip hop, I see his face light up, and it is what it is. But clients understand that they understand that, regardless of what you want, it's about what the audience wants. The audience is your ninety percent. A DJ, and this is the thing that I feel like a lot of people don't realize is a DJ is not there to play his favorite songs. He's there to figure out what the fuck the room wants. There's two types of DJs. Don't get me wrong. There's, no, yeah, and there there's is. There's two types yeah, of DJs. No, you're right. There's DJs who are massive, like, influencers. Carl Cox, 8-Track. Those are guys who play whatever they want. And if you like what they want as turntablists, you walk up to them. You're like, I want to follow you. Whatever you do, I'm coming to your gigs. Then you have crowd pleasers. I'm a crowd pleaser. I'm a, I'm a DJ who plays at clubs or plays at, you know, weddings. I play to crowds. I have to make sure that crowd is on point. So regardless of what I'm playing, fucking three weeks ago, I was playing straight Punjabi only, not a single English song. Last week, I was, or sorry, two weeks ago, I was playing Bollywood, what was it last week? Bollywood and hip hop. Not a single, well, I had to play something. I had to play some part of the songs, but more so Bollywood, way more than I expected. Um, three years ago, I remember this vividly, August 4th, I believe the date was, a client comes up to me and goes, I want you to play half an hour of Bhangra music and I need you to go to like straight 80s Depeche Mode. I'm like, okay. I'm like, are you sure though? Because like, I bet you your crowd's probably not going to want that. He's like, listen to me. I'm 40 fucking years old. My wife's about 40-ish years old. My crowd is all 40 years old. There's a couple of young kids. I don't give a fuck about them. And there's family. I want you to get the family happy and I want you to play what I want you to play. Salute Mark, to that. Cool. Salute to that guy. And I'm down. And I'm thinking in my head and I oh, shout out to the, whoever this guy is. I can't remember his name. My bad. Um, You're a fucking great DJ. Yeah. I have a great DJ. It's shitty memory. Um, <laughs> he goes, he goes, he what goes happened to that boy? So I'm Ooh, thinking this guy's going to like ruin my crowd. I'm going to go home early. And I'm chilling. Um, I play a bunch of bonus music at the beginning, and then I go into like Depeche Mode, you know, like Prince, When Doves Cry. Like uh, shit you like got that. in your bag right yeah, there. Yeah, I know my shit, brother. <laughs> so I go into all that, and the dance floor is more ram than I've ever of seen course, it in my life. Of and course. I'm sitting there like, what the fuck? This exists? Even last week, the bride's older sister comes up and goes, hey, can you play more like Michael Jackson, this and that? I tried it. Didn't work. Some parties it does. Some parties it doesn't. It depends on the crowd. This guy happened to have a lot of 40 to 50-year-old people that understood that music. So it is what it is. Yo, there was a, and you can attest to this because you were the DJ at these parties, but there was a good, uh, I would say a good few months where you were the DJ at whatever wedding I went to, and I, anytime you played Shabba Ranks, I would make sure there was a mosh pit on the dance floor. 100%. <laughs> like, Shabba, yo, Shabba and like, honestly... I'm so thankful that you are like the go-to DJ in the area that we live yeah. because 
I know I, a I can get hammered with you. Hundred <laughs> percent. And oh. B and B, I'm gonna be able to fucking like what DJ can you tell what to play? Like I know I, like okay let's let's let that be known. As a DJ, you don't want to fucking be told. No. You don't ever. Okay, please let this be known to all these dumbasses who are listening. <laughs> and I love you all for listening, by the way. <laughs> and we just lost though. our family. No, but you are. Uh, to whoever this applies to, yes. you are a dumbass yeah. who thinks they can walk up to a DJ and say, This is the song I want to hear and expect it to come within two songs. Yeah. You are a fucking idiot. First of all, let me say that on your behalf. I appreciate that. Right? Because, you know, you got to be about your business. business, (laughs) Right? So let me just throw that out there. You're fucking idiots. (laughs) But, like, like, please let the people know. Don't ever fucking ask for anything from a DJ. I don't don't mind. (laughs) So don't get me wrong. If the suggestion's good. 100%. But how are you supposed to know as a human if your suggestions get you're asking a question? That's true. Now, I'm being harsh. I'm your, an asshole. Your response to what I tell you, that's where you become an asshole. Yeah. So I've had people where I tell them, like, look, buddy, your <laughs> your song is a little bit faster than where I'm at. Uh, so if you don't mind, give me like five, ten minutes and I'll make it work. And I do. I'm not a fucking asshole. I make it work. I'm looking at that clock because I'm trying to go home ASAP. So I'm always looking at that fucking clock. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um then on the other side, I have guys who come up and tell me a song, and it just fucking works. It's like literally right where I am in the, in my mix. I'm like, done. And then the third is the best. I have guys who come up, and they're like, yo, can you play this song? I'm like, look at my screen. And it's fucking the next one coming up. I'm like, you guys should be DJs. <laughs> I love it. And it works in that realm. Yeah. Where I'm happy is when I'm at the parties that you're at, just because I see you, I can play. I know if I play certain hip-hop, it works. Because I Shovel Ranks, I can't play at a fucking regular party. <laughs> Yo, what you play, can I go to that I play Shovel Ranks? <laughs> you play Triumph at my wedding. Uh, yeah. Of no. course. <laughs> that, that's I a thought, give. If he didn't, I would have snuffed him. <laughs> <laughs> I played Triumph at probably four weddings in my life. Yours was one of them. Honored, man. Yeah. Yo, if that wasn't that noises wedding, I, oh, God. Cream, I played at weddings. I played Nas's Like at weddings. I played fucking... It ain't hard to tell at what I played some shit where you would never believe. You know what? Like, yo, you are like I know your your musical taste. You to me, like you have a great musical taste. But you also know that, like every good DJ should know, every party ain't your musical taste. And that's one thing that I've always respected about you. I go, you are a killer at many genres. You just have to tell Jay Static what to what type of shit you're into, and, and you. he got you. Yeah. And that's the those are the DJs I respect because yeah. it's like I will like even for my wedding I told you what what I like, yeah. but there was shit that I didn't even tell you to play, and I was like the second you played it I went nuts, <laughs> and that is what you ultimately want for your fucking DJ. Yeah. You don't want to, like, if you just played everything I told you, it wouldn't be as great as if you just played something and I went buck. Yeah, man. And that's the greatest part about a DJ is when you can play something and everybody just goes fucking mental. Yeah, man. Don't get me And I swear to God, like, I I fucked up. Like, even, like, this year or last year, I remember telling a client, and I lost a client right away. It's like, yeah, I don't even think I'm going to be DJing anymore. I'm just kind of just doing this as my last year and then I'm off. And I'm out. And I walked out of that meeting. I'm like, I lost this client. Guaranteed it's finished. Like, 
who the fuck tells a client that? But that's where I was at in my life. I was like, yo, I, I want to get into something more. Yeah. Then I did my first gig in April, and I did it, and I walked out. And I met, we have a massive frequency group, and I messaged him. I'm like, yo, this fucking party was wild. Yeah. I'm like, when you like as much as you as much as someone hates what they do, when you get that response where, and um, I guess I think I'm lucky. I have crowds at the end of the night who are saying, Jay, Daddy, one more song, blah, blah, blah. And they give me a big round of applause. I'm like, yo, who the fuck am I to get that repl- applause? Yeah, who the fuck are you? But if I'm getting <laughs> the re- fucking applause, I'm stoked. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? How am I getting it? They're going to play like three more songs. 100%. <laughs> you know? Come on. I yeah, so out. anybody who's at a Jay Static uh, event, just make sure you keep asking for <laughs> more songs. It'll happen. So jokes. Um, so... You obviously got into the wedding industry. Yeah. Right? Did we get into that yet? Yeah, we've been talking we're a talking little about bit that. about like DJing I weddings. And I love it. This is, this is Be Magic Those like four or five know, shots in. This is, yeah, this is magic two takes times two takes that didn't work. So that means I don't know what take we're at anymore. Okay, so sw- switching gears a little bit. So you are a DJ, but you also are an engineer. Um, so how did you, or when did you get involved as far as recording other artists and kind of guiding them to become better recording artists? I actually don't know the exact date, but I remember I started off with JD and Gins. Those were my, like my first two guys. Okay. And, uh, Shout out to JD and Gins. Uh, yeah. yeah, brother. Uh, I remember recording them first. That was with New Flow or after New Flow. I started recording shit for them. And then um, we did that. Then I went into recording Geek, who was like a massive, a massive part of where I. I remember Geek, the Geek days. That was a the Geek is yo. He was talented. Whatever happened happened, but the guy was talented. Where the fuck is he now? Uh, I believe he's a manager at Journeys or something. I don't know. I don't know where he's at. He's in one of those. Is that like a store? Yeah. Was that a was that a subliminal shot? Um, maybe. Uh, so, so he's there. He basically, um, he actually taught me a lot about, I would say, melodies and shit that I never heard before because I would always hear the same shit, which is you play a melody, the melody goes do 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 do, and the guy singing goes ha 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 ha. He just follows the melody. I would make a beat for fucking Geek, and Geek would just... I don't know where the fuck this melody would come from. No, like, he was talented. He, he was talented, yeah. And uh, this was like pre-Drake days. You know what I mean? Like, this was like... Shit was coming out, and I was like, who the fuck is this guy that I have like a American-style feel? Yeah. And uh, from him, I learned quite a bit. Made a whole fucking album. Had two songs on the radio. We were good. Then he... Some shit happened. Everyone kind of fell off who was involved. I made a lot of great connects from that point. And um, after that, I kind of stuck to myself, kept DJing, was making beats, was doing some songs here and there, whatever it was, nothing major. Met up with Zoo Babies. Yo. Who the fuck are the Zoo Babies? (laughs) Yeah. For those of you who know, you know who Zoo Babies are. We created a lot of fucking content. That's what we did. Hell yeah. Perfect time. The five individuals, two of them sitting with me, noise, magic. Three of the other ones, Babu, Fate, Vela. Uh, Shout out awesome. to the squad. Yeah, 100%. Yo, straight <laughs> up, having these five guys in the room after they already made their successful hit was so sick. Supreme Duffelbeck, you guys killed it. After that, sitting in the room with five individuals who had so much 
energy to get work done was fucking bomb. Everything was great. It was fun. It I'm was, not gonna lie. Yeah. First yeah. album was fire. Um, and that was your basement studio, 100%. just hours and hours of like, like I remember laying in the studio, no lights on in the booth, <laughs> and like on the on like laying there and just writing my verse yeah. and with with my headphones on, and somebody's in in the fucking main room with you writing their verse, and like it was amazing. Yeah. It was going to all hours of the yeah. day, and it, that was probably the most exciting. Anything creatively was for me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I like for even for me. Like at the time I was like, fuck, I gotta deal with this guy, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. But okay, I gotta make this guy do this and I gotta put him over there. I'm gonna send those far four guys over there. Those two guys are gonna drink, these two guys aren't. Like <laughs> all over the place. But now looking back at it, I I learned so much about recording individuals who are fucking Easy to record and like <laughs> levels are perfect noise. You pointed at noise. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> the guys who start off quiet throughout the fucking song. Yo, fuck the song, you, JJ. Louder than the beat, but he's fire on the track. To guys who are off beat, who were off beat, that's Villa. And now he's fucking beyond fire. Uh, to guys who are nervous as shit to record, Babu. Because yeah. he has, he's never recorded before, but he steps in the booth, he does it. To guys like Fate, who are the who were probably the weakest link at that point and now is one of the most successful Punjabi hip-hop artists out there. Exactly. So yep. you got so many forms of different people who have all done their own things and just successful and they're doing their shit. You can't get better than that. I don't yeah. think you can get better than that. And for me, yo, I learned so much. I'm happy to be a part of it. I was no, happy. Uh, and, and I think everybody till this Hold day up. is... And we opened up for Ace Hood, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 no, no, for sure. Like, yo, what that became and what we fucking kind of went into it was fucking totally different things. 100%. And that's probably why the reason is no longer because it came so quickly. Yeah. Right? It was literally an idea that nobody had. We just kind of got thrown into it by Supreme Duffel Bag. But then it was like, okay, let's try to figure this out. Something. And that that's, you know, and this was countless hours in jj's basement the man who pretty much made that whole group tick at that point yeah and it was amazing like that was probably the most inspirational time i had in music and i can say that now even though at times i hated i hated looking back on even zoo babies yeah. but i can say creatively that sparked more juices than anything in my whole career right yeah. and it was a dope time, man, because nobody knew what the... We, yo, we did Supreme Duffel Bag. It fucking blew. It went viral. Yeah, man. And we're like, okay, we have to do this. Yeah. Yo, if it blows like that, something's right. Something's right. And then, yo, it was a bunch of people that kind of knew each other. But, like, we weren't the greatest of friends, but we knew each other. Yeah. And... Everyone knew each other through some degree of separation. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But we were like, okay, for the greater cause, we're going to do this thing. And it was dope. But then it hit a stall at one point. That was the second album. Second album. Yeah. First album went smoothly. It <clears throat> wasn't smooth, but it was smoother. It was as smooth as it could have been with five different personalities. And, so, that, and that's what right? people for, forget. Yeah. Is that joke. I don't understand how RZA and fucking Method Man did this whole shit. <laughs> Shout out fucking six Shout albums out to the or whatever the albums were. 
Shout out Rizzo, you motherfucker. Please teach me the ways. Because, yo, that's hard, man. Yeah. We, we kind of talked about it with Villa. But, like, from, from your perspective as a producer, as an engineer, um, from when that second album was coming together, what, like, where did you think it went wrong? Um, it went wrong from... There was two parts to it. One was the beat selection and vi- and vibe of the album. So, um, like, I feel like Zoo Baby's one, whatever the fuck it's called, the first album, <laughs> self-proclaimed album, um, was very a good, like a good mix of songs. They had some club bangers, had some um, deep, deep thought songs, had a good outro, good intro, had proper boom bap type hip hop. The second album, we were, we jumped into it without having the music. I feel like um, Bird, shout out Bird, man. Shout out um, to Big Bird. 100%. He gave us Dinka, and that sparked the whole album. Because I remember being at in Niagara Falls, listening to it on Babu's or Villa's speaker. I'm like, yo, who the fuck's beat is this? Yeah. And like, yo, it's Bird's beat. I'm like, how are we not doing this? And then we came back and everyone did it. And from there, we progressed to the entire album. Whereas the second album, we didn't have something like that to spark a second album. We just mm. felt like, as a group, we should do the second album. And while we did it, we were fighting for beats. We were fighting for time. We were fighting for who needs to be on what song. We were not, not fighting, but like there was always a constant struggle of what should we do. And I feel like it's everyone's fault, including mine, to Harmon's, to your guys's. It was everyone all... It's not our fault. It was a, how do we do this? Like, how do we do this better than that? Ultimately, mm-hmm. the way I look at it now in a mature mind state is that, yo, think about it. We're not all from the same friends group. We're like, like you know, we're a bunch of people that are thrown into this together, right? Yeah. By chance. Yeah. yeah, we have a lot of respect for each other. Our music taste is all different. Yeah, there's overlapping music taste, but... Our shit is all over the place. 100%. The way we rap is all over the place. 100%. The, the, what we wanted to do with our careers was all over the place, right? So it's like all these things, like, there's the, a reason why groups don't last. But the first album, this is what I remember vividly. The first album I remember, and this, I remember mainly from Dinka and the outro. Mm. And those were the most easy tracks to arrange. We listen to everyone's verses. You got like Dinka, for example. Everyone heard. Everyone did their verses. You, I think you recorded your verse first. I'm pretty sure you did. Well, you know, you I was probably right? one. I was always the first one done. done yeah. You know? but we recorded, and then Villa was last. And I remember Villa doing his verse. And when he did his verse, everyone's like, "What the yo? This has got to go first. It was. It was like a common collective of that needs to start the song. Yeah, this needs to happen. It was the excitement collectively. And you need to end the song every. And you had no ego about being last, yeah. and which was great because you knew your verse was so fucking strong. And the intro verse was bodied so man's on <laughs> Everybody was sick on that song. But then it came to the outro, and we had Babu and you and uh, and Fatih. Now, everybody on was on it, but everyone oh. did different things. Like what are they? Yeah, like someone was so doing. Just I did. A, I did back. a spoken word. Villa was like singing on it That's and doing it. harmonies. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. and and that that was a thing. Like in that first album, it seemed like yo we are just going to make good songs We're and do it doesn't matter. Do. I'm not going to have the ego that I didn't have a 16 on this or this, that, yeah. 
It was just like, yo, let's make good shit. Yeah. It was all off that vibe that, yo, we're creating something. Yeah. It was more so that. Then it just became something else. Yeah, right? And that, that, that's naturally, I don't blame any single one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just what happens. It's there's natural. more, there's more minds. Actually, there's, I'm every gonna, person wants more to figure out of what we should do, what direction we should go in. I'm going to put it out there right, up, right off the bat. The only guy, and no offense, I'm not saying anything about you, yeah. but the only guy who kept coming up saying, yo, what the fuck's going on was Magic. Magic every five days or four days was on the phone or in my place going, are we doing this or are we not? I'm going to go home if we're not doing this. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm here. And like he would be the guy who shows up every time ready to fucking write. And I was like, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm impressed by that. That's a great thing. That's hard to come by because yeah. that shows something. I don't know what that shows. You know what it, it, you know, you know what it was? Oh, like now that if I may explain it, like ultimately what it was was that was my mindset in music at that point. Yeah. I was so eager. Like, you I, I used to write so quickly at that at that yeah, point man. in my career. I used to just be like, yo, I have to make this happen. Let's make it happen. Like, blah, blah, blah. Somewhere in this Zoo Baby shit, people told me I have to put my personal shit aside for Zoo Babies. Yeah. And I said, no problem. Yeah. I said, no, okay, can't. fuck whatever I got going on. Yeah. Zoo Babies is popping, so let me make this shit pop off because, yo, I'm down. The way I've been raised by my parents is, yo, we make it happen for ourselves and our community. Yeah. There's nothing about being selfish. Yeah. There's not a selfish bone in my motherfucking body, yeah. right? Raised from a motherfucking comrade, yeah. right? So, yo, I'm for the cause. So that was my whole thing. When I first heard that, I go, Okay, fuck it. I can put my... And I was killing at that point. Noise was killing at that point. Fote was killing at that point. On the Babu, second album, Fote was on the come up. Yeah, so Babu yeah. and Villa had never done anything yeah. at that point. And they right? were still working on it. Still show. working on it. But what, I, what, what we were hearing from them through the zoo, I'm not going to lie. We were all taken back by it being like, yo, you guys are this good already. Yeah. You know, to be amongst people that have already done it, as in me, Noise, and Fate, yeah. it was amazing to see them rise to that occasion, right? Yeah. But that was the whole thing. It was like, yo, we were like, yo, let's put everything aside. Let's work on this thing because it was a good thing. And I was totally in for that. And everybody was. And everybody was on the surface. On the surface. But when you pull back layers and you realize that you can't, and again... I feel I still feel like it's everybody's fault where we just weren't organized on the second album and things were we would finish something we would finish like fucking half a song and then we'd be like all right cool let's let's put that back there let's try to find another one yeah right, let's finish half of that song finish that one let's do this let's do that and never, nothing would ever come back together as a solid track yeah. I think the only solid track we had was Bahadur Sounds right which one was that Sanangi. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh, that was trash. That's the only. <laughs> that's the only song we had that was close uh, to being finished. Yeah, it's funny. I you know what that. it was though, like shit memory, and I remember that. It, <laughs> like Bother sound, shout out fucking Bother sound. My whole thing, and it was the same way from the starting, was yo, like I'm not gonna be the reason the song ain't done, right? And 100%. like yo, it that was, I remember vividly, right? And yeah. but like, and that goes back to what you're saying is yo, I always have my shit together. Noise all yo everybody I, and I don't I don't blame anybody but it was just a thing, Babu and Villa, 
We're slower at writing. But that's just because it came into it later. Yeah. It has nothing to do with their skill level. Nope. Nope. All it has to do is we have years before them in experience. And yeah. what they did as well yeah. in writing, yeah. in recording, and all of yeah. this. We are light years ahead of them yeah. in that sense. Mind-wise and everything they're saying is just up par with us. It's just putting it together. It's just the the, yeah. the process of recording. Yeah. Right? And th- in, in some sense, that fucked shit up and shit took a little bit longer. But end of the day, every, like, the common spirit within our crew for going into Zutu was amazing. Bomb, we bomb. went to a fucking cottage, rented a cottage, started recording in a fucking cottage. Buddy, I would do anything to do a second album. That I would do anything to do a second album. And that's uh, me. Yo, till this day, I'm so mad that it didn't happen. <laughs> I just got looking around. Like, <laughs> I yeah, I think everybody is down. Like, personally, I'd be down if everyone else is down. Um, I think creatively, we'd have to... I'd I just want to yeah. get that bitter taste out of my mouth. That's yeah. all I want to do. I want to do one... I don't even care for an album. I want to do one fucking song with five guys on it. And everyone just collaborates. Regardless. Just start uh. fucking... We have to, me, you, and Bob have to make a beat from scratch. We make yeah. a beat from scratch, get everybody on it, and just fucking do it. You know what? Just to kind of summarize this, and I'll, I'll let Noise get his viewpoints in on this as well, <laughs> because I feel like we've been just going in. But, like, to summarize it is, like, everything was good in the first thing. When you're dealing when first album and when you're dealing with a lot of people, there's a lot like and I'm not just saying like people were prima donnas. Nobody were fucking acting wild. Nobody had like suggestions that were fucking crazy. But it was just like we overthought the second album. We're like, this is who we have to be. Or overthought. I think we because we didn't have anything prepared. Like I feel like we didn't. But the thing was, we start like first album. We're like, let's create. But we had something to create from. Of course. But the, the but second the, album, we literally went in there with, yo, so. No, we forced it. Who's got beats? Like, <laughs> that was our first man. Like, so who's, who's got beats? It's wild to think about now. Yeah. yeah. Now we have fuck, uh, billions of beats. Yeah, I, I know. Like, if we were right now. <laughs> I made a beat before I came. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, fu- it's, it's funny, but like, that is what. It yeah, was man. going on then, but it was on top of that. It was not even just that. It was what the fuck are we going to talk about? What is this? It, it became everybody became opinionated, which I understand. We're supposed uh. to be like that. We're supposed to wonder what the next step is. But, yo, it's f- a numerous amount of people in different stages in their life who are different personalities. And that is what is the problem with but group no settings. Wrong, but there's not, nothing wrong with us coming back if everyone's down. Of course. Something. Imagine the album now. I've talked to everybody. Like Justin Timberlake. I've talked to everybody separately <laughs> other than Babu. Yeah. And it seems like everybody's down to do it. So. No, I'm sure Babu's down to do but it. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and no, just because I haven't I'll talked to Babu him. do it. Right? <laughs> but, but my whole thing is. It's something that should have been done. It's kind of stupid that it's going to happen now after all these years. But no, I'm, still, I'm still down for it. But the thing is, it has to be something natural, right? But, but that's your guys's. I'm always down, and that's a given. And now we have access to fucking anything. Like, anything. I can put this album out and fucking... You're just going to fart for the beats? Nah, <laughs> 
Well, yo, I have beats sitting there. <laughs> Bro, I we'll have this conversation afterwards. I got some Okay, good shit no, but yo, the Zoo Baby's Roundtable, second season. Noise, are we going to pull it off? Yeah, immigrant Hustle season 2. Let's try it. Let's try for it, man. All right, yo. Immigrant Hustle Season two. I don't need to be there. You no, JJ, come no, on. You, you no, you, no, you, no, you no. Just sit down. And JJ's talk. trying to duck out of the fucking. I'm not. No, no. Uh, I'm not trying to duck out. I just know I'm your dad. No, okay? I. I'm but that. But this is this is the only way it gets worked out. <laughs> Me, noise, Babu, Fote, Villa, Harmon, JJ. Only way this gets worked out. Someone's getting snuffed by the end. Of <laughs> <laughs> Magic and Villa snuffing somebody. Oh, man. I might just snuff Villa, yo. <laughs> um, you know what? I still feel like... I still feel like I think what it comes down to is... From me, you guys... Again, I think anyone who knows me, including Noise, Magic, I'm open. Yeah. I've always been open. No, that, that's something that down. I know. I'm about it. A lot of the things that I'm seeing in the Punjabi music industry, you have something to do with, right? And you might not, you might not be, you're a really humble motherfucker, and that's why I love you, right? You don't fucking brag. You just do your work, and you're really, you're really obsessed about music. Yeah. It's not nothing else, right? Everything else is a bonus, right? And that's why we love you, and you are the person that you are. But the thing is, you have become a fucking staple in what is the new Punjabi music Pangra sound. Nobody can deny that. Where does this begin and how does it get to this point? So, this was like when I believe Deep was like, Deep Jandu. Was like um, shout out to Deep John, dude. Percent. He was like fourteen years old, I believe, or something. Yeah. And so how much older am I? So I must have been about twenty-seven or twenty. No, fuck. How old was he? So what did I say? Seventeen. You said fourteen. Fourteen. No. So then I was twenty-one, twenty-two. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm about right now when he hit me up. But um, so however old he was, I was a couple years older than him. Yeah. I'm like five, six, seven years older than him. And he hit me up for his first album. He's like, bro, you know, I know you went to school for it. You did, you know, you mixed down Notorious Jot. You did that. That sounds a banger. I Shout out to, to Notorious Jot. Jot the band. And then <laughs> we did that. And he goes, I want you to do my album. I'm like, I'm cool. I'm down with it. So him and Huntsman came by with Huntsman's whole entire computer. Shout out Huntsman, sick producer. He did like all the deep shit. And he's like, yo, I just want you to go through it and see what you think works. Yeah. Done. I'm about it. Went through his whole album, fixed up whatever I think I could, and then they put it out and they made their thing happen. Done. Came out. So that's then. And now he's got like, um, he had a song called Buddy. He had a song called Sheran Al Yari. He had a Miss Puja song. He had like a whole bunch of shit on that album. This kid's like 14, 15, 16 years old. How old fucking old he is. Yeah. That time goes by, and I hear about him when I'm like 20, say 29, yeah. roughly. I'm in my studio, and I'm leaving, and I'm like, yo, I'm going to go grab some Timmy's. I am get up to, I'm not telling anyone where I live. Shout out to Timmy's, though. 100%. I get up to a certain road. I make a right. <clears throat> as I make that right, Deep Jundu's phone. I know the right you're talking about yeah, as I well. Know right. <laughs> so Deep Jundu's phone call comes, and I'm like, all right. Pick up Deep's call. I haven't talked to Deep in, like, fucking 
years at this point. Yeah. I don't know where he is. He's like, bro. I'm like, yeah. He's like, so I don't know what I'm doing, but I know some shit's about to pop off. And I need my shit mixed properly. Because shit, like I've been doing stuff myself right now. It's been good, but it's not the way I want it to sound. I want it to sound hip hop. And you're the only other guy I can know who can make it happen. So if you're down, how much would you charge? And would you be down to like work out something with me? I'm like, I'm down. I'm like, well, how many songs are you thinking? And he's like, at this point, I have an album. And after that, I'm hoping I have like a fucking entire list of songs. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm about it. Come by. Let's sit down. Let's make some shit happen. Comes by. Comes by with an Ellie Mungut song. Ellie Mungut. Back then, fucking fire. Yeah. Comes by with this song and we mix it down. Deep hears it. Deep's like, what the fuck? Yo, this pounds. Ellie hears it. He's like, buddy, up in not guarantee. Up. <laughs> like, he's down. So, yeah. like, this shit happens and I'm like, yo, fuck. Okay, cool. Maybe I am doing something right. And I haven't mixed for ages. I've been making beats. So, I make it. A couple years, uh, like a couple months go by. I've got more and more songs. I'm getting better and better. I'm hearing shit that's coming out. And then I'm hearing like my competitors in the industry, <clears throat> six, seven months goes by. And now I realize that out of the engineers in the industry, there's me, there's Samir, who was massive, a guy in India, and there's B. Sanj. Those are the three most talked about guys in India for mixing and mastering. And I would never in my life think I'm going to get to a point where I'm one of the top three engineers. I'm never yeah. going to fucking think that. But I am. And I'm sitting there like, yo, I can, I can... If someone wants to make an urban song, their first idea is, yo, we got to get a mix from Jay Static Buddy. That's it. And shout out to fucking Deep Jundu. I would yeah. never be in this position if it wasn't for him. He fucking, he took care of me from the get-go. Yo, I have nothing but good things to say about Deep Jundu. This is somebody Hard I saw at a ass. random gym in fucking Mississauga one time. And I was just a fucking whatever rapper on YouTube. And he, he showed he showed me love, you know, just off base. And it was the same Piara Bunda that I still know till this day. Man. Right? So, and, yo, that motherfucker worked his ass off to get to the point where he is. Ass, and Ass is an understatement. This motherfucker went from Toronto to BC to India to UK to get any sort of shine, celebrity, anything he possibly could. Yeah. He worked with guys we're known to screw guys over he worked with him because he knows he goes i just need something i need something to fucking work he was came, hungry came back to toronto and he's like all right cool fuck it music ain't working i'm gonna go drive truck once goes drives truck he told me the story he's like i went to go drive truck i did my first run or second run because i came back i'm like if i'm doing this for the rest of my life i'm gonna kill myself and he's like i'm, I'm making music i don't give a fuck made music hooked up with sookie musical doctors that guy sorted him out a little bit Goes, yo, <clears throat> I know you want to do this, but goddamn, yo, your beats are fire. Like, I don't know what you're doing. Started making more and more music. Yeah. And then Sookie put him on, and a couple other guys put him on. And now look where he is, man. Three years later, this guy's one of the top fucking hip hop Punjabi producers in the industry. No, I remember even like my, my brother. The only reason, my bad, the only reason. Anybody in Toronto is on the map in the Punjabi industry, and I'm saying this from the get-go. No, I talk want this your fucking shit. snippet so I can put it on YouTube or put it on fucking Instagram. <laughs> the only reason Punjabi hip-hop is on the fucking map in Toronto is because of Deep Jandu. That's it, hands down. Yo, period. talk that motherfucking shit right now. 100%. The only reason this exists is because of Deep Jandu. Everyone else, 
you've been making music for a while, but you're not the guy who took those leap and bounds and the fucking trials and the chances of failure to make that happen. This guy had songs that failed at the beginning to make it where it is. Deep Jandu is not a one-hit wonder. He's not Fuck a he's no. not an overnight success story. He's a person that we've seen. Overnight success stories are ten years. In the end, but that's the thing is, in the internet age, people think that it's oh the man had one joint and they got put on and this and that. There's a lot of fucking work and there's a lot of failure and this is kind of why we're doing this podcast is to. For people to realize anybody that's podcast. inspired, bro, deep's hip. No, bro. and and no, and yo, deep. I have had numerous conversations with deep. Yeah. I've been I've been blessed to meet deep and talk to him properly. He is a guy who has his head on his shoulders yeah. properly. Yeah. He is a really well intelligent person. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's not a ref. He's not just no, worried. No, no. He's not he a worried. Is. He is a ref. No, no. And I don't even... I, better than my no, mom. Of course. And I don't mean to use that in a derogatory, no. derogative uh, term. No, but he's more like he's well-versed. No, he is, the, he is the best of both worlds. Let's yeah, say man. that, right? But the thing is, he is a piara banda on all ends. Heart. Right? And that that is... I don't give a fuck what you are. My thing is, if you have heart and you are passionate about what you do, I got all the love for you. And that's something that that guy has shown me before he even blew up. I saw him roaming around Mississauga, Brampton, this, that. And he was the same fucking person that I can still talk to and be like, what up? And this, that. And for that sense, like, yo, all all the power to that guy. And like a lot of success stories, he fucking earned everything that he did, right? So, just, so. so 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 you have been fortunate to be in this rise of Deep Jandu. But on top of that, you've become even more than just Deep Jandu. Yeah. You're touching all sorts of projects, yeah. right? This may not have been something that was your end-all be-all. I'm I'm sure you weren't like Pangra music. You you grew up in that age of UK Pangra that we all love the B21s. The Ooh. you know we all love yeah you know, we you know, <laughs> we we love that era right. Yeah, yeah. But that wasn't making money when we were growing up. It's still not making. money. It still man. ain't making money, right? Let's be no real. Money. But there are still fucking classics that we can play at our weddings yeah. till this day. So this is happening. It's it's you're getting your paychecks through this. Yeah. What is your mindset? Is it like yo, like, like was it becoming your main focus? So I, I was at a certain age where I was like, I was I think I was like twenty nine, thirty or whatever it was, and I was working on Pungra Punjabi projects, and yo, I was making coin. I was making more money on production than people were making. Doing anything. I'm not, I can't say numbers, but like I was making fucking money. Yeah. I had, like, we did, I've done over a thousand songs. Talk that shit. In terms of, is it production or mixing mastering or a bit of both? Both. Okay. I've done a thousand songs over the last three years. And I don't even know where those songs are. Like, I probably released 300 of them. I don't give a fuck. You come to me with a song. No, that's really fucking impressive, though, yeah. if, uh, to anybody that knows music. Like, my guy, my engineer who set up my studio, he set everything up, and he goes, show me one of your mixes. I'm like, cool. I showed him a mix. 
He's like, all right, well, yeah, this is pretty good. You could do this and this. I'm like, yeah, I could. And he's like, so how long does this mix take you? Like seven, eight hours, you know, two days, hour and a half. He's like, what? He's like, yeah. I'm like, after that was done, I did another mix, hour and a half. Another mix, hour and a half. So you tell me you spend half an hour on vocals? I'm like, yeah, I can fucking tune a vocal in 20 minutes. I can mix it in 30. I can mix a beat in fucking half an hour. Send it to me. I'm not saying it's the best mix in life, but I know what I'm doing. I, no, no. I don't know what I'm doing. I know I can get it to a point where someone believes I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I still don't believe I know what I'm doing in fucking mixing mastering. And I got no problem saying that out there because people are still going to come. But that, that, that's the thing that a lot of people forget is, yo, you're a forever student in this bitch. 100%. And the second you feel like you are the, at the top, you're a fucking idiot. I realized that when I met one of my, when I met one of my teachers and they were explaining like, yo, okay, so you should do this and you should do this with the beat. You should make this do this and this kilohertz and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, you, you actually go by that kind of shit? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, man, I haven't looked at a fucking frequency or a fucking low pass filter of where I need to go an exact amount in my life. Like, I literally see it. I do something and I'm like, yeah, that sounds good enough. Yeah, that sounds good enough. Yeah, that sounds good enough. Boom. And, I, and it works. So even though you have that formal education, a lot of it is still kind of intuition. Feeling. Yeah. Pure feeling. That's music, though. That's music. Without your ear. Like, I've had guys who have begged to learn from me. I'm like, yo, you can sit with me all you want. Sit. Learn. Um, Good-ass fucking upcoming uh, engineer. Deji. Fucking homeboy. Digimon. Shout him out. Yeah, he's a homeboy. Little kid. I don't say he's a little kid. He's, he's older now. But he's still a kid. Give me his Kill contact me. so I don't ever got to message you ever again, you LP. fucking asshole. I'll give you his. And he did one of the biggest <laughs> songs this year called um, Prada by Jess Monik. Big song. Yeah. He killed it. And he's like, yo, I want to sit with you and learn. Um, I told him right face to face and Deep was sitting behind. I'm like, yo, come and learn. Whatever I'm doing on this song does not mean I'm going to do it on the next song. And if you ask me what I did on this song in two weeks, I'm not going to remember. I'm going to 100% tell you I don't know what I did. I don't know why I did it. I don't know where it went. I don't know what the fuck's going on. And that's that's something that we try to do with this podcast too. It's like there's no harm in teaching the next generation your skill. Like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Like, yo... If you teach somebody the basics, they're not going to know how the fuck to be JJ. Yo, if you want a DJ and you want my whole Chris, uh, Chris, you want my whole crate list, uh. by all means, I'll fucking give it to you. There ain't no way you're going to DJ like me. All right, so you'll put your email at the end 100%. of this episode and you're going to have a million fucking kids with boners. 100%. Fucking emailing you every week. Fuck, I got no <laughs> but No, I guess- but that's real spit, though, because... That is ultimately why we're here, man. That's confidence, not cockiness. That's confidence. No. Yeah. <laughs> but but like <laughs> obviously you've worked your ass off to get to this point. My part that made me more more confident than anything else was um, me and KSR decided to do a song with Tory Lanez. Yeah. And our boy Pali, shout out Pali. Yo, shout out to Pali, man. Pali. Real dude. He um he hooked up Pali Lane. Uh, Pali Lanez. Polly Lanes. That might as well be his name. He hooked up Tory Lanes and he goes, yo, you guys want to do a song? It's done, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Make it happen. Done. So I showed up with a song where I was like, yo, I want to get like Tory Lanes on a song like this. Yeah. I think it'd be kind of different. 
I show him the beat. He's like, yo, bro, I'm kind of down, but I'm not really down. I'm like, it's, it's kind of out of my lane. Yeah. Fucking down. I felt so sad. I'm like, fuck. Like, what am I supposed to do with this now? Like, I have this beat for this guy. And he goes, show me other stuff. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I, obviously, I'm not a fucking. And this is I'm not a, I'm not a day one motherfucker. I, I know my shit. So I yeah. show up with 15 beats. He's like, show me anything else. I'm like, all right, cool. Went through beats, went through beats. Out of my 15 beats that I showed him, five of them, as they were going through, they're every three or four beats. I know my bangers. Don't think I don't know my shit. I showed him my bangers. You don't know fuck all, JJ. I don't, but I do. <laughs> and um, every time he was going through the bangers that I loved, he would stop and be like, this is a banger. He's like, yo, where the fuck are you from? I'm like, from the side. Like, okay, you... Hmm. I like this. Yo, Tory Lane's a Fletcher's kid, man. Yo. Brampton, shout but out. But the fact that Tory Lane showed me respect on five of the beats that I showed him, not the first one no, that I wanted him on, that's a huge thing. And then yeah. we started talking about like Timberland and fucking Indian influence beats and this and that. And he got me vibing in the same realm, realm I'm fucking vibing in. And that made me realize that. He wanted Indian flute. Basically, he wanted a trap version of Indian flute. You know what I mean? And, like, that made me realize, like, everyone's after the same shit. Just be real. Just do what you do. Do you. And as I never understood that concept until I actually met with Tori. And Tori said, yo, don't worry about anything. Don't try to make shit for other people. Make, you, make what you make. Yeah, it makes sense. It but makes you, a lot of fucking sense. But that, it does, but then it doesn't. Because you, you could tell me that. And I'd be like... <laughs> fuck you you be magic from the block no fuck not you. that but what does that mean to me I no 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 yeah you know what I mean no you're right in that sense yeah it's different yeah I just want to talk a little bit about uh, Frequency Entertainment so this is a company that you helped start yeah. um, so talk a bit about you know why you wanted to start it and some of the challenges and successes that have come along with being your own boss. Hold on, first of all, before JJ gets into this, shout out to KSR. 100%. Yo, shout, shout out to KSR. KSR. Friend of the show, friend of all of us, all of us. amazing person. Yeah. But yeah, JJ, go ahead. Uh, it was um, off the bat, it was me and KSR who decided, like, yo, we should do this. And then um, as we got into like those talks, um, Envy came into the picture too. Shout out to Envy, wicked boy. person. Yeah, he comes into the talks, and then we decided together, like, okay, so like, what are we doing numbers wise? Are we, are we doing more than what Empire is doing? Or are we doing the same? Empire is what Jitten had. Are we doing what he's doing? Are we doing more than what he's doing? Can Which is another DJ group. Company? Yeah, yeah. And we decided together. We're like, yo, look, if we if we set ourselves apart, we charge more than what we need to, way more than what the industry was charging. If people pay for us, we're, you know, we're doing well. well. In 20 bookings, what he gave us 50, we're making way more money than we were. So we decided to do it. I remember the whole conversation was fucked. Um, did the whole, I can't talk about it. Whole <laughs> and, I was going to um, say, tell us everything. Uh, did the whole thing, made it happen, started off our first year, me, KSR, and Envy. And, um, you know, like, in the first year, me and KSR and Envy, we were fucking... We had more bookings than Empire combined. Yeah. In the, in the first year. And we were like, what the fuck? We're actually... We we're charging three, four times the amount of other people. And we're making that. And um, we kept going into it. 
But then DJ M came on like on board and I was fucking Shout out to DJ M. 100%. Amelie fucking Amelie.com <laughs> and me and him have had many Amelie moments 100%. together. <laughs> but yo, Just putting that out there. That Shout out to DJ M. 17 was making noise. Yeah. And 1920... I was like, I need to get this guy on my team. I he's a, a he's a motherfucking beast. And I tried, Let's be real. I tried for two, or a year or two years straight, I tried to get him on my Where team. Where the fuck was he trying to be too cool? Well, he was like, yo, Empire's offering me too, so are you, Aww. and I can do my own shit. So he took it, he go. took it, he took his, uh... You know, he did his thing, he's a businessman <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, he did his thing. Yo, and M, we're gonna catch you I, soon. Yeah. But, <laughs> he comes on board, and he... And he's like, yo, I want to work with you guys. I don't want to go anywhere else. I'm like, all right, cool. Come. Like, what do you want? And he's like, M's the best, though. Like, I want this much starting. We're like, done. And KSR is, yo, he, at that point, the KSR was fucking God killing it. Yeah. So we hooked him up with gigs. We made whatever happened. And then, like, it went from three guys to nine guys to 12 guys. We're at, like, fucking 15, 16 guys right now of just DJs. Dude. Well, I have, like, 10 dolis. I have, like, nine, of five, six MCs. I got, like, seven, eight techs. I walked into a gig three weeks ago, and this is like my seventh year in this fucking company. I worked into a gig like uh, like uh, three, four weeks ago, and I'm walking in, and I'm by myself. My one trailer comes in, my other trailer comes in, and there's guys setting up left, right, center frequency shirts all over the place. And I'm looking, I'm like, yo, I got a team of guys who are fucking doing shit. Like, I got no, legit yeah, and you, and you don't dudes. Making money left, right, and center, charging way more than I was charging at that age, charging that now, making a living at the age of 24, fucking 16 grand a month, some of these guys. Wow, like, yeah. cash. That's amazing. Like, I wasn't making that. I was making fucking four grand a month at that no, point. No, but e- even, like, yo, it's not a selfish thing. It's you, you guys have worked your way in the DJ world. Yeah. But to now be able, and this is what a lot of people don't figure out, the the joy in putting money into other people's pockets and to be able to see them provide for them families. Yeah. People don't understand how fucking gratifying that is. But then, even from that standpoint, we went into like, um, we went, like me and KSR, like no one else, like, people were skeptical. Everyone's skeptical at the end of the day to progress. It's it's hard to take chances. Yeah. And I don't doubt anybody taking chances. It's very fucking hard. I'm always a risk taker. I don't give a fuck. I'll put in money and lose it in two seconds. And I've done that numerous times. Um, Send all your investments to JJ <laughs> right now. He does not give a fuck. Yo, I'm a risk taker. And it should be. Yo, that's how you make your most amount of money. And no, for real. No, it's a good KSR, way. KSR, uh, same thing. He's invested a lot. He's not, not like he hasn't. He's fucking invested. <laughs> 100%. And uh, so me and KSR already invested into LED panels and lights. And we're like, yo, do you think this will work? And I'm like, yeah, let's, you know, I think it can. We're England is doing it. Why can't we do it? The road shows. First year, we made our fucking money back. And we uh, invested yeah. like 30, 40K out of our own mommy, daddy, can I have money? And yo, Gummo's a smart shit. motherfucker. 100%. You're a smart motherfucker. I'm a very smart technical guy. But KSR is the business guy. Yeah. Like, at the two of us to combine, you can't fuck with us. Like, KSR's got business on a fucking... I had ideas before he was born. But KSR's the guy who goes, no. 
It's not time yet. Hey, can, I like can I bust? Can I bust a Mike Hazar story? Yeah, do it, bro. Can I do it? And yeah, I, it's yeah. embarrassing to me. I'm down. I want to like hear now, now looking back at it, it is really embarrassing to me. Let's hear the story. So, it, <laughs> it's so bad. But KSR knows, and it's not. It, 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 all it does is um, do damage to my name. It doesn't do anything to him, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like I remember KSR through Thadi, yeah. our mutual friend. Uh, was like, yo, I'm going to get you to host like an OPA or something like that, <laughs> right? And at this point, I'm a young fucking drunken idiot that was just fucking, I was a rapper. I wasn't fucking, what I didn't know. Still, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Yo, fuck you, JJ. All right? I'm a bit more responsible now than I'm what bad, I bad, was. Bad, 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 bad. But yeah, you're right. I'm still a fucking idiot. But my whole thing was that, like, I didn't take any of this serious. I was like, yo, I was a good musician. I'd gotten a little bit of interest of what I'd thrown on YouTube, this, that. It was never a responsibility of, yo, there's something that's making me money, this, that. Along the way comes uh, DJ KSR. And doing the OPA events, and this was something I used to go to, whether I was involved or not. Yeah, it was something yeah, anybody in there. the greater Toronto area was grown up doing, right? Yeah. And I remember it was somewhere in uh, Rexdale, but he was like, yo, host this event, right? So I, I show up to this event. I got fucking absolutely rocked. <laughs> I, got, I got fucking absolutely rocked. And this is why I'm like, fuck. I could never, I could never talk down on KSR, because eventually he cut my mic or whatever, and I sent him a few hate messages like, yo, you fucking brought me out here, and you didn't even show me love, this, that, all in drunken mess. And the next day I realized I'm like, I'm a fucking idiot. This guy gave me a fucking, he gave me a platform where I could have made money off of, yeah. and I fucked it totally up. I thought I was something crazy. I was drunk, yeah. and I fucking acted wild that night, and I thought I was something bigger than I was, and it was the biggest fucking wake-up call I ever had in music as yeah. to whether it was hosting or anything. It made me realize that, yo, yeah, I could be this fucking, this person that's drunk that people like, yeah, in certain settings, but if you're the fucking host... Nobody wants to listen to somebody who's fucking hammered out of their minds. Right? It gives you that platform of understanding that people see you in a certain light of whether it's... Of course, and that was, that was way beyond me at that point, right? Yeah. And even, you know, credit to KSR, he never made me feel like shit for fucking doing that day. That, that day. Nowadays, looking at it... No, of course, you probably did. <laughs> and that's the reason why I never did a frequency event ever again. <laughs> Right, but I'm trying to make my way back in, yeah, well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So our let me, goal let me. is to also get you guys on Frequency of Friends. All right, JJ, you've worked with a lot of artists, uh, especially in their early stages. Yeah. Like, we've talked about it, or me and Magic have talked about it on the show in previous episodes, where you, you were kind of the, the mentor or the guiding voice when we were just getting started and didn't feel comfortable behind a mic yet. 
I've called you an asshole on numerous episodes every time we brought your name <laughs> up. Just, no, just to put that out there. I have no problems with that because I don't know what I deserve to make you make myself a mentor when I don't even rap. But mentor, yeah, are you yeah. okay with me? Are you okay with me calling you an asshole? Bro, I don't pick up nobody's phone calls. Okay. So, All right. All right. <laughs> but like for myself, for Magic, for but are you an asshole? Hundred <laughs> percent. For Bubu, for Villa, for Humble, for Selena. There's so many artists that you were so instrumental as far as helping them refine their sound, refine Common what they sound like. Denominator. So, like, what? I guess what advice or what feedback can you give if there are any artists out there that are listening that are trying or thinking about recording? Like, what what input or what guidance could you give them Find for a newcomers? Find a team. Find yeah. a team. Find someone that you can rely on for production for engineering for vocal guidance for the outside perspective fucking find a team because being in a circle where where everyone's a yes man or being in a circle where everyone's a no like a you suck no no you should do that it's all whack it means nothing in life because they're all selfish ass motherfuckers who think that you're nothing and they just want to be a part of your cause if you blow up, and they don't want to be a part of you if you don't blow up. They don't have any self-benefit for anything. Fuck them all. When it comes to finding a team, like, I learned this from Humble. So the first guy I ever recorded in my life was Humble. Shout uh, out to Humble. Maybe not the first guy ever, but one of the first guys ever. And the thing, and Harmon brought him over. Harmon goes, yo, I got my boy who's a fucking sick-ass lyricist. I want to bring him by. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, he wasn't the first guy. Mm. So Humble brings, uh, sorry, Gunwer, uh, fucking Harmon brings over Gunwer. Gunwer comes over. And this is the first guy I see who comes over and he's got no papers in his hands. Yeah. So how are you going to remember your shit? He's like, I got it here. And I'm like, how? You remember the fucking entire fucking 16 times three? I don't even know what that number of math is. And I'm like, you remember all of it? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, how? And he's like, I got told at an early stage that if you're going to go record at a studio, don't waste your money. Mm. Have all that fucking memorized. Walk in the studio. Rehearse it like you've never done it before. Okay. And he does it. And we did Voice of the Voiceless. Yeah. And that fucking song gives me the jitters every time I hear it. Because that feeling, I can't, I, I will never get that feeling back. I'll never get that emotion of... Him doing it for the third time in his rehearsal on my, on, sorry, on whoever's beat or on Dre's beat. Yeah. With me recording it to do it properly. Like that, that feeling will never exist. And he did that. And that's hard to fucking come by. You can't find people who can do that all the time. Mm. So for me and him, we built a team at that point. But then other things came in the way and then. I ended up working with other people. He ended up working with other people. And we tried to keep continuing working on together, but it just couldn't happen because there was way too many people involved in that point. And I feel like everyone streamlined the process at that point. Like, you figured out who it is you can work with. Like, you guys work with Dusty. And you guys you guys have a solid fucking team with Dusty. Like, he's a solid producer. You guys sound amazing on his tracks. That's a team. You know what mm. I mean? Finding that and having that is very hard to find. So we like to go around everybody that's on the episode to mention just one thing that they're grateful for or one person that they want to just big up. Just some person that, you know, doesn't really get that recognition, but you still want to shout them out and be like, yo, this person 
for X, Y, and Z reasons was influential for me. So just somebody or something that you're grateful for or something that you really want to shout out. Yeah, it could be anything. Could be like, literally, there's no there's, formula to this. There's two people. Yeah. And two people that I get no recognition whatsoever. Yeah. First, my brother. Zero recognition. Man, Which brother? You have two eldest brothers. Brother, eldest brother. Eldest brother is the reason why I even fucking know what bar structure is. Um, I got one more person to... Who else? So the other person is Juggy. Juggy Daniel. Shout out Juggy, man. So Juggy... From day one. What people don't know is when I first started off doing music and like trying to learn Bangla music and <coughs> yo, I gotta... I want to wish I could... Yeah, I wish I could record this. But I want to see... I want to have this afterwards. But Juggy, what people don't realize is that guy has no formal training in anything whatsoever. Zero training. And... Um, Whenever we started doing music, we worked with like Sandy Surrender. We worked with some fucking unknowns, randoms. Um, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Sandu. We worked with this guy, and I would make like beats, but it would be Juggy who'd be like, "Yo, okay, that doesn't, that's not right. You have to do this. That's not right. You gotta do this." I'm like, "How the fuck do you know this?" And mm. he's like, "I don't know, but I like, I know it's not right." I'm yeah. Like, okay. Cool. So I change it up and I make it happen. And for me, I'm very gullible at that point. Like I don't. I want to make music. I want to make the best high quality music I can, but I don't know if I'm making the right shit. So Juggy would just be there and do it. Now, four or five years later, I'm sitting there. I'm like, yo, if it wasn't for Juggy, like I'm sitting there making music now because Juggy helped me make music then. Mm. And now I'm sitting here. I can make a song in fucking 20 minutes. Whereas back then me and Juggy spent four hours doing vocals. Wow. Yeah. Don't you guys feel like you guys learned from a team? Like beyond like, Whoever you guys had, when you guys first started, don't you feel like you had somebody who kind of gave you like a, it can even be through like non face-to-face talk. It could be like through an artist, but like you had someone who was like, well, that person sounds like this. So I, I could sound like this. All right, cool. Let me see what I sound like. Didn't you have something like that growing up? Like somebody or something? For me, it was constant. It was always something else. So your but brother the, bigged you up like it was no tomorrow. No, of course, right? But like, the thing was, my up. my confidence never came through uh, thinking that people thought I was a shit. My confidence came through me thinking I'm the shit. Oh, right? It, like it was literally, it was it was self confidence, right? And it was. That's why I loved hip hop so much because it was the first time somebody else told me I was dope. Yeah. Right when I already had that confidence, and it was a, it was fake confidence. Yeah, it's always fake. It was fake confidence. Confidence is fake. Confidence is not real. No, confidence my first, fucking... my first confidence in music was. You're sick. Okay, what tells me I'm sick? Yeah. Confidence is pure fake. Confidence Dude, is only fake. The first time I heard noise, I thought he was the best rapper ever, <laughs> and. I've probably seen yeah. him gain confidence in the last two years. What the? F- how does that make any sense? So now going to him because I'm gonna fucking curate this shit. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, who do you feel? We're off like the rails, man. You direct this shit. You, you know what? Like this is just, this is just fucking JJ's podcast. Now. <laughs> who do you feel is like your go-to or someone who put you on that? Like put you in a spot where you felt confident. Um. I'd probably say it was magic, to be honest. Like, yeah, shout out to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why. No, you know, yeah. like it be chills, bro. Just yeah. hearing that right now. Yeah. No, please do it. When your favorite rapper tells you you're the reason, 
Come on. No, yo, I say Bars. this is my favorite rapper, yeah. and I don't fucking say that lightly. Enough. Yeah, no, because, like, JJ, you can attest to this. Like, when I first started actually recording, yeah. everything was just like, all right, line, 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 right? Well, yeah. And it was only through working with Magic where I was like, okay, this guy is, like, playing with the delivery, playing with the flow, that I'm like, okay, if I'm going to be on a track with him, I have to vary it up now. So yeah. it was because of him. I'm like, oh, let me try the double time stuff. Yeah. Let me try slowing it down. Let me try adding more punchlines. Like it's that experimentation came because I'm like, okay, I can't embarrass myself or just do the same old shit if I'm going to be on a song with him. Yo, that's that's fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking wild. Yeah, I don't know wild. what to say. That's fucking beautiful. I love no, it. No, wild. That's music to my ears. Yeah, so that that counts as my 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 gratitude thing too, man. Shout out to Magic for being like <laughs> for being the bringer the the person who brings other people together. Hey, yo, I'm gonna cry, man. <laughs> <laughs> cry, bitch. Yeah, that's wild, man. I'm down with that. No, for real, man. You you've always been a very passionate creative. You're always like, yo, I got this idea. You're always constantly thinking Beyond of ideas. Passionate. Like to yeah. the point where he gets angry passionate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm an yeah. asshole. He like no, but that's not an asshole. He gets like he gets so involved in a project where he like fucking f- be get pissed. Yeah. If it doesn't happen. Yeah, like, no, I we I've, had I've, this. Why aren't we doing this? I've become the same way oh, wow. since being around this guy. You are a friend of the show. You're a friend of us. You are fucking going to be doing what you're doing. But the greatest thing is that you are our friend. 100%, brother. And you're a friend of the show. So with that being said, this has been the Immigrant Hustle Podcast with your boy, Jay Static. This is your host, B-Magic. I'm with my boy's noise. Yeah. Boy's noise. Boy's noise. This is the Immigrant Hustle Podcast. Okay. Okay.